Hey, welcome to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This is Gene, your host, and <laughs> this has been such an awesome week. I decided I'm going to keep going. Uh, so let's talk about this has been an absolutely awesome week for Donald Trump. I do not think he's had a greater week than he's had this week. So let's go over some things. Um, we already talked. The Mueller report has been released. And yes, we received from William Barr, we received a overview of that report. And of course, uh, the Dems are throwing a fit because they don't see the entire report. The report's going to be between three and 400 pages. And the problem with releasing the report, for example, they can't release a report, not for example, but they can't release a report right away simply because they got to redact certain portions. They got to redact classified material. They need to redact uh, grand jury material because that stuff is legally not allowed to be viewed. So the Democrats are, are getting a little bit upset about it. The left wing is getting upset about it. Uh, so, but here's the thing. It's not, we've talked about this before. I, we've talked about the reports released. That's great. Um, but that's not what's so exciting or what's so thrilling about Donald Trump, uh, for Donald Trump. It's that Lindsey Graham 2.0 and Cocaine Mitch have finally seemed to embrace President Trump fully, and uh, they are beginning to question some of the back deal, uh, back alley deals that the Democrats, the left, has actually been doing, and they're beginning to ask for more evidence. Okay, that's great. Here's the Mueller report on what Trump has done. Okay, how did you come to that determination that he should be actually investigated. Now, this is what gets really interesting. Trump, I, I don't want to talk about this. I think one day when we find out what's going on, because I'm still a little confused by it, I understand what's going on with it, but I don't think it's something I want to talk about until I have everything out there because it would sound way too conspiracy theory, and I'm just not really into that. But it sure sounds like there was a conspiracy going on. It sounds like there was a conspiracy with the DOJ and the FBI. There sounds like there is a, a cons and uh, I'm sorry, DOJ, FBI, and Obama. There sounds like there is a conspiracy between the, the Democratic Committee and the Clinton Foundation, it, it, the Clintons, it sounds like this was, this is going to be really bad. I, I do not believe this is going to work out well for people. And now that this Mueller report, 675 days it took, $32 million spent. And by the way, $32 million, not a lot of money. I, it's, but the fact is they had to spend it. Um, all the fact that we spent two years stopping political progress because we needed to investigate all this garbage, it sounds like we really needed to we really needed to look at this and and we need to find out the root where this actually started. For example, the 
Trump wants to declassify the FISA warrants. And um, Lindsey Graham 2.0 also wants the FISA warrants Re, uh, FISA warrants released, and he wants to know some other information. Like, how did you come up that you should be actually, or the FBI should actually start investigating Donald Trump? It doesn't work. Uh, Dan Bongino, it, I think he's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but so far he's been right every bloody time has basically given a really good explanation about what's going on, and he is basically guessing as to how things led the way they they led, and everything makes sense. But right now, Trump has already said he's going to declassify the FISA warrants. That's a big deal. That's huge. Because if the FISA warrants were... De if the FISA warrants are declassified, we can find out whether or not this stuff had anything to do with um, anything to do with that dossier, which was completely disavowed. It was completely false. And then we get to see exactly who signed off on what. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. I don't want to talk about it. For example, I could sit there and tell you, well, in August 2015, they did this, and then in January 2016, Comey said that. I'm not going to get into that until we really know what's going on, but I think, I think the Republicans are pissed off enough, I'm sorry, angry enough to sit back and say, okay, I want to hear what thing, what's going on here, all right? Um... But that's not what's really exciting, but that's not the best part. And I'm not going to talk a heck of a lot about the uh, release of the Mueller probe until I hear a little bit more. Um, Michael Avenatti was arrested. <laughs> and this has got to be, this has got to be something that Donald Trump is just thrilled about. Now, Michael Avenatti was arrested, uh, Michael Avenatti, for those who don't know, is the lawyer for uh, porn star slash stripper Stormy Daniels. Uh, she had had an affair, and notice I didn't say allegedly, she had an affair with Donald Trump. Um, by the way, Donald Trump, not the moral leader of the country, he's just trying to fix the country. So let's... Let's call it what it is. I am not going to defend Donald Trump when he says, does stupid things. It's just, no, not going to happen. But um, apparently, so Michael Avenatti basically was the attorney for Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels was the one who was paid $100,000 in hush money uh, by Michael Cohen. And he, he's so many names by Michael Cohen. And then she decided she could make more money now that Donald Trump was president. And Michael Avenatti basically represented her in a lawsuit against Donald Trump, which, by the way, she lost and ended up having to pay more money. 
my understanding is Stormy Daniels is riding poles right now and trying to recover. Well, Avenatti, who is, I, I, I tell you, I look at the guy on television and I just want to shower. He is disgusting. Michael Avenatti apparently hasn't paid his taxes this century and um, <laughs> was trying to, uh, to extort $20 million from Nike. Nike, who is who are not angels in the world either, uh, were apparently paying off people to uh, paying off um, high school and college players to wear their shoes. Which, by the way, I don't see a problem with. If Nike wants to pay someone and some guy agrees to wear the shoes, let him do it. That, yeah, he, the NCAA needs to lighten up a little bit. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is it's illegal. So it, it got great. Nike decided, hey, you know what? We're not even going to deal with this. They contacted the FBI right away. So the FBI had set up not one, but two meetings with Michael Avenatti. And Michael Avenatti showed up and said the same thing he had told them without the uh, same thing he had told them over the phone. And the FBI recorded it. He's screwed. He's looking at 20 years in prison for this. He's looking at 20 years in prison, max, by the way, 20 years in prison for his tax evasion. How does a lawyer who's making millions not pay his taxes? And he's looking at 20, he's looking at that, uh, encompassing that 20 years is this extortion. Now, I don't think he should serve 20 years, but I hope he does. Uh, if you don't, haven't looked at, if you haven't actually joined me on my Twitter account, um, you'll know I was blocked by Michael Avenetti because I just was giving him nothing but crap. I Every time I saw this guy, it just, he bothered me. This guy appeared a few hundred times on CNN and MSNBC. He appeared on Fox once, Fox News once. And by the way, all three are partisan. I... I listen to all three. I actually like Rachel Maddow. I like uh, Chris Matthews. I think Chris Matthews is hysterical. But they each, but they're all, all partisan. So anyone who sits there and says, oh, they're not partisan. Nah, yeah, they are. They made Michael Avenatti so popular, he actually started an exploratory committee for to run for president. And this was just like... In, of course, you were never. He was never going to win, and he probably was never going to run. Um, and then this guy was accused of beating his ex-wife. This is just not a good guy. But it just shows what's wrong with the left. They support these people, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to be a real issue. It's just about the narrative. And he filled the narrative. It's not about the character. The narrative narrative for the left is to bash Trump, show how he has such a bad character and this and that. But the reality is the people who are the ones 
telling us how bad a character Donald Trump has are the ones who have just as bad a character. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's disgusting. It's propaganda. But things get better for Trump. Um, CNN and MSNBC, since Sunday, <laughs> their ratings are in the tank. They're down 40%. I, I think this is hysterical. I don't, I feel more bad for MSNBC because MSNBC basically said they basically are partisan. They are for Democrats. They don't try and fake it that they are um, partisan, uh, nonpartisan. But CNN, that is sweet. CNN actually sits back and tells everyone how nonpartisan they are. And we all know they're not. They are one side, they're completely left. They are a worse of a propaganda machine than MSNBC. I watch a couple of shows on MSNBC because they entertain me. They're funny. But I do not sit there and take anything that they actually say seriously. So, when the... When the um, <laughs> When the collusion, which is conspiracy, collusion's not a crime, when the collusion thing was debunked, and it was debunked, um, the narrative had to change for these networks, and it changed into obstruction of justice. There's a couple of problems with that. First off, um, Trump's actual working with the FBI and DOJ, he wanted to know who was bad there. And he actually said, investigate. So right off the bat, to sit there and say um, obstruction, no, that's probably not going to work. The other problem is, if you don't have an underlying crime, how do you have obstruction? Now you can sit back and... I mean, I can't obstruct your investigation for a specific crime if I didn't commit that crime in the first place. That's essentially what that means. Of course, Donald Trump may have seen that as just annoying and stuff, and he said he didn't want to deal with it and could have obstructed, but there was no evidence of that either. Well, here's the problem. Um, the Mueller report also said there is no obstruction and no evidence, because it didn't completely exonerate him, but there's no evidence of obstruction or collusion conspiracy sorry it's conspiracy it's not collusion collusion is not a crime so the narrative had to change again until they actually received their report and you know what it changed to healthcare CNN, both CNN and MSNBC started talking about healthcare and how we were all going to die because of healthcare. Wow. Um, and no one's interested in healthcare. We already know healthcare is a problem. The Republicans are trying to figure out their version of healthcare. The Dems are trying to push their version of healthcare. It's not an interesting narrative anymore. So people stopped watching. Here's the thing, Trump's week even got better. Oh my God. So cocaine Mitch, Mitch McConnell, 
the leader, the majority leader of the Senate, decided that this Green New Deal was so bloody stupid. And notice, I'm really cutting out my language. I want to make sure kids can listen to this. It was so bloody stupid, he wanted to actually call out Democrats who supported the Green New Deal. Now, the Green New Deal, for those who don't know, is the, uh, it's not really a law. It's kind of like a suggestion or a, um, I, I don't know what it is. It, it, it's a doctrine is what it is. It's a, a, a path that the Democrats want to take. And so, meanwhile, the Democrats have been fighting since Mitch, uh, Cocaine Mitch brought this up. They've been fighting for the last two weeks not to bring this to the Senate floor for a vote. Cocaine Mitch basically did exactly what, um, <laughs> exactly what, uh, he should have done. He brought it to a vote. He said, we're going to vote on it today. Now, this, mind you, it's been, he brought this up a couple weeks ago. This isn't something he brought up today. Let's, okay, it's eight in the morning. Let's vote at 10. He brought it up a couple weeks ago. The Dems were really forcing, uh, really pushing him back against it. Um, well, they did vote. And apparently, it didn't go well for Miss Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, first off, let's let's go into something. Um, if you have not read the New Green Deal, the New Green Deal is a way is a pathway to pure socialism. It's a pathway to pure totalitarianism. They don't talk just talk about hey, make it so it doesn't heat up. The earth doesn't heat up. The you know water levels raise. It wasn't about that. It was about social justice, economic justice, which I'm not exactly sure what that has to do with climate change, but apparently it does have something to do with it because they were fighting for it. It's a terrible law. It's a terrible document. It's just it's it takes us the way of Cuba, the Soviet Union. China, I, but I think worse, Venezuela and North Korea. It's just an absolutely terrible uh, proclamation. So the vote happened, and uh, uh, Miss Ocasio-Cortez got skunked. Zero to 57. It was skunked. Nothing. 43 votes were uh, present, were cited as present. In other words, they weren't going to vote. Um, there were four Democrats from purple states. They were not. They were people who knew they would be in bad shape politically for the next election if they did vote for it. But basically, it was zero to fifty, zero to hundred. Let's call it what it is. You won't vote yes, then your vote no. Zero to fifty-seven. She got killed, and she was ticked. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I haven't really brought a lot about, I haven't talked a lot about her. Um, she is, she's got three qualities that make her very um, magnetic for, for anyone, the left, the right, whoever. I'm talking about her today. She's been 
in Congress for two months. She's never held a full-time job. And maybe one day, if when she does something really bizarre, we'll talk about her. We'll spend a podcast talking about her, but she's never had a full-time job. Um, this is her first full-time job. She's 29 years old from New York, the 14th District of New York. She was, she was, and she's completely outspoken. And she's, here's the problem. Here's what, I, I don't think people should ignore Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you don't know her, look her up. It's not going to be hard. The reason her idea... No, let's go back a step. The reason people should not ignore Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is she has those three things. She is pretty, she's stupid, and she's vicious. She will not debate anybody, and when anyone calls her out she will denigrate them. When Ben Shapiro on Twitter sat back and said, hey, let's debate. Come on my Sunday special and let's debate. She accused him of misogyny and catcalling her. He was asking you for a debate. Anytime you see her on film, anytime you see her on a show, she is on a left-wing show. She will not debate anyone. She just wants her propaganda to spread. She's just a, not a good person. Bad person. Okay? Bad politician. Corrupt. And probably in, is just wanting power. That's all she wants. We won't even talk about the fact that she's already being investigated by the Ethics Committee. For... Or the FCC, I'm not sure who it is, but she's being investigated for dark money being passed back and forth. She's just a bad person. Well, she really flipped out when this vote happened, and she was just waving hands and screaming and yelling. Um, I'm going to... I tell you what, just do me a favor. If you go to my blog, you will actually see the video. Just make sure that you are stand kind of back from your computer screen because the reality is her hands are going to hit you from there. She was really bent out of shape. So why don't we take a listen? We talk about uh, the concern of the environment as an elitist concern. One year ago, I was waitressing in a taco shop in downtown Manhattan. I just got health insurance for the first time a month ago. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. You want to tell people that their concern and their desire for clean air and clean water is elitist? Tell that to the kids in the South Bronx, which are suffering from the highest rates of childhood asthma in the country. Tell that to the families in Flint, whose kids have their blood is ascending in, in lead levels. Their brains are damaged for the rest of their lives. Call them elitist. You're telling them that those kids are trying to get on a plane to Davos? People are dying. 
We are dying. And the response across the other side of the aisle is to introduce an amendment five minutes before a hearing and a markup. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. This is about our constituents and all of our lives. Iowa, Nebraska, broad swaths of the Midwest are drowning right now, underwater. Farms, towns that will never be recovered and never come back. And we're here and, and people are more concerned about helping oil companies than helping their own families? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is about our lives. This is about American lives. And it should not be partisan. Science should not be partisan. This, we are facing a national crisis. Finally, Trump did something also pretty awesome, and that was actually officially the United States recognized the Golan Heights in Israel as an Israeli territory. That is awesome. Here, The reason it's awesome is because the Golan Heights is actually a strategic position needed by Israel to actually protect Israel. Uh, it, it's it's a high level. Um, countries always wanted the Golan Heights, um, and if we have any, if they decide to get, if they're going to be attacked, and they gave up that territory, they would be really held uh, defenseless. It's just a really important plot of land, not very big, okay, but it is an important plot of land. This is important for the United States. This isn't just important for Israel. This is important for the United States. The Middle East is a very explosive environment. Most of the countries in the Middle East hate the United States. Most of the countries in the Middle East are totalitarian. Okay. We finally have a country who is a deep friend, a democracy, that is our deep friend. We need to protect them. We need to acknowledge them as a state because none of those countries in the Middle East outside of Israel acknowledges Israel's existence. Well, heck, half our Democratic Congress people don't acknowledge Israel as a Israel as a separate state and deserves existence. We need Israel strong because that is our foothold in the Middle East. The Middle East, where there is terrorism, where there are nuclear arms, it's a scary, scary area. So we actually do need uh, Israel strong. And I, I, I think... With all the garbage they talk about uh, Donald Trump, how he's an alt-right, how he is anti-Semitic, he's a racist, a bigot, blah, 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 blah. He has just shown, no, I'm not. And he's not shown by walking up to a pulpit and telling people he's shown it through his action. And I am really happy about that. Okay, so let's take a look at the three 
news stories, the weird news stories of the week. Uh, <laughs> this first one is from the Daily... Oh, what is this thing called? This one is from the New York Post. And it's entitled, White People's Diets Are Killing the Environment, a Study. Now, the New York Post is actually quite conservative, so I'm pretty sure they didn't have really have anything. They didn't take credit for any of this garbage. Here's the starting, here's the thesis statement. White people are already accused of hogging the majority of jobs, film roles, and housing. And now they're getting blamed for eating Earth's natural resources too. Awesome. I can already see where this... When I read this, I had to finish it. It's actually a quite short article. Caucasian populations are uh, disproportionately contributing to climate change through their eating habits, which uses up more food and emits more greenhouse gases than the typical diets of black and Latinx communities, according to a new report published by the Journal of Industrial uh, Ecology. Researchers tracked information from multiple databases to identify foods considered environmentally intense by requiring more precious resources, resources such as water, land, and energy to produce, and as a result, releasing more greenhouse gases as carbon dioxide from the production of distribution. Uh, now, this is the worst offenders. This is what you need to stop eating to save the world, okay? Potatoes, beef, apples, and milk. <laughs> I, I, I read through this thing, and, and mind you, it's a very short article. And here's the problem. This is where things go get really weird. The only thing I did not hear here in this article reading this article was how because I eat more steak as a white man I fart more and create more uh, ozone depleting gases that I didn't see because I figured what this was leading to is let's kill all white people um, but here's the worst listen to this this is important the EPA provided data on cap, uh, per capita food consumption rates of more than 500 food groups, including water, plus estimates from NIH on individual diets. Data showed that whites produce an average of 680 kilograms of CO2 per year attributable to food and drink, whereas Latinx and produced 640 kilograms and blacks supported 600 kilograms. Okay, listen to the problem there. Think about this. Let that sink in, and then you can sit back and uh, message me and tell me what the issue is. They also found, continuing, they also found that diets of white people require 328,000 liters of water on average per year. Latinx only use just 307,000 liters Blacks use 311,800 liters. Okay, remember that. So whites use 328,000. Latin, Latinx, which is Latin people, uh, south of the border, use 307,000. And, three, and blacks use 311, 312,000. Let's continue. 
Both black and Latinx individuals use more per capita, I'm sorry, more land per capita with 1,770 and 1,710 square meters per year, respectively, then white people use 1,550 square meters a year. Nevertheless, and here's the thing, nevertheless, white people still made greatest overall contribution to climate change. What a baloney, and I should say BS article, this is. Their study shows nothing. Six, first off, produced, whites produced 680 kilograms of CO2 per year attributable to 640 Latinx individuals produce 640 and blacks 600. That is statistically irrelevant. They're, they produce the same. Next, we drink 328,000 liters versus 307,000 liters and 311,000, 312,000 liters of water. So in other words, and by the way, this is what's really bizarre about this here. This, this is what's really bad about this claim is that what is it per individual? This is the problem with the left. They are so concentrating on the communal. They're so concentrating on the collective. They don't look at the individual. Do you know what 328,000 liters is? with however many white people is, I guarantee you it's probably quite low. It's probably a liter a day for white people, okay? For an individual. Whereas Latinx probably takes in three quarters of a liter a day. In other words, our intake of water isn't that much. Hispanics, Blacks and whites basically take in the same amount of water. And here's the other thing. Water's good for you. You're supposed to be drinking water. So I'm not exactly sure why that's bad. And then they, this study completely dismisses the land capita, whereas whites take up less land to have their resources, have their cows, have their potatoes, have their apples than Latinx or blacks. They dismiss that. That You can tell they dismiss that. That's something they don't want to talk about. Nevertheless, white people still made greatest overall contribution to climate change. So in other words, we're farting more. That's what we're doing. Uh, I, I know why the New York Post made this such a short article because they thought it was pretty dumb too. But I think they posted it because it was dumb. Uh, it's just, uh, we white people are so bad. We're so bad. Now here's something that goes back. Here's something that's really interesting. Head transplant doctors, Xiuping Ren and Sergio Canavero claim spinal cord progress. Oh, that's awesome, right? Essentially, what these guys have done is they have found a way to repair 
spinal cords after injury. Okay, that's not the weird part. That is not the weird part at all. So let me find this portion that I want to quote. Now, these people are nuts. These, these two people are nuts. And European, Western civilization will not allow them to experiment. And there's pretty much a reason why. Um, in an email exchange with Harbin in northern China, Xiaoping said the findings were proof that human trials should be initiated. And he noted that while a particular grand achievement took place in China, he was open to doing it anywhere in the world, which means these guys probably did something that worked. Uh, the, now, mind you, the rest of Western civilization has rejected them. Okay, They cannot do this. For example, the Italian, he's from Italy. The Italian cannot do this in Italy. They will not allow it. Okay, hold on one second. I just got messed up here. Um, yes, I'm probably going to cut this part out. Still, even if alleged advance, it involves using a polyethylene glycol substance or PEG to mend the injured spinal cords, withstands further scrutiny scrutiny and is ultimately capable of helping patients with injuries. So basically they're saying, hey, this could work. Here's the problem. Uh, the human trials thing, we got to be really careful with with this one. And by the way, this was cited in USA Today. These guys want to perform head transplants. Yep, that's what they're actually going for. They've experimented with head transplants, and they've been moderately successful. I, I don't know what that means. Essentially, what these guys want to do is they want to take the head of an individual who's living and transplant it onto the body of someone who's brain dead so that that person can essentially survive. So let's just say you're a quadriplegic, right? I want to be able to take the head off the quadriplegic and put it on the body of someone who's already brain dead, much in the same way that heart transplant occur and kidney transplant well other forms of transplantations occur that's wow now the article does a good job actually in pointing out that people had the same fear when it came to heart transplants when it came to face transplants and we've done that but here's the kicker you've got one guy who's already dead and you've got one guy who just can't move is it ethical to actually remove the head of a person that's living and try and hope, hopefully place it on a head that's someone who's going to die? This raises, this raises justifiably a lot of ethical questions. I mean, first off, This is just a really disturbing article. I read it. It makes sense. I won't lie. It does make sense. And but and it but it really raises a lot of ethical questions. 
Uh, it, it's um, they estimate Cavanero estimated the procedure would cost up to a hundred million, involve several dozen surgeons and specialists. He said the donor would be a healthy body of a brain dead patient matched with the build, with the recipient recipient's disease free head. I I wow. I just finished reading the right side of, I just finished reading Ben, I can't remember the name of the book. I just finished reading Ben Shapiro's um, book, newest book, The Right Side of History, that's what it's called. And this is where reason goes too far, I think. I I cannot see how this is going to be a good thing. But this is something, this is the world we're entering. I mean, people are having sex with robots. And our country is even contemplating funding sex robots for people who are, who never have sex. This is, this is just weird. I mean, ugh. I am really just, I think I need a shower after reading that episode. Oh, no. No, no, no. I don't need a shower after reading that uh, article. This is a good one. Cardi B says she used to drug and rob men and would trick them into sex. This was something that was found about 10 years ago. And it was on a, again, whatever. That's not really the problem. Cardi B, when she was a stripper, and you can tell she's just filled with morality and things. When she was a stripper, and I have no problem with strippers. I, I have no problem with strippers. But, but the thing is, to sit back and men who watch stripping are usually a little bit more how shall we say, gullible? I mean, how many men have you heard that say, hey, she's a stripper, she's giving you a lap dance, she actually likes you. This is an example of, I, I just, I'm so disturbed by this whole thing. So this gal, Sisback, used to take people back to her hotel room or her apartment, drug them with the promise of sex, now, mind you, this is someone your kids are listening to. I mean, Josie, my fiance, her kids listen to Cardi B all the time. And she's basically saying that, you know, hey, we're going to, I'm going to take this guy home, promise him sex, get him drunk or drug him up, and then steal all his money, steal whatever money she can get a hold of. This is a crime. This is bad. This There's nothing good about this. I, I don't understand how... I don't understand how this is okay. Uh, so, Cardi B released an excerpt, and I'm going to give Ben Shapiro a little bit of credit here because I heard his podcast. And So, I'm seeing social media, she says. So, I'm seeing on social media that I, that 
an Instagram live I did three years ago has popped back up. Now, mind you, this wasn't 30 years ago. This was three years ago that she posted this. So this guy was doing this a couple of years ago, a few years ago. I live where I talk about talked about things I had to do in my past or right or wrong that I felt I needed to make a living. Okay, first off, uh, excuse me if I'm reading it weird. It's because she doesn't use punctuation and I can't tell. I'm, I got to read it right. First part here, you don't need to do this to make a living. You don't need to rob men to make a living. If I'm a serial killer to get insurance money from someone I murdered, that's not a living. She's committing crime that she sees as making a living. I never claim to be perfect or come from a perfect world with a perfect past. I always speak my truth. I always own my S-word for garbage, for human excrement. She added, there are rappers that glorify murder, violence, drugs, and robbing. Now, mind you, not and, and. Crimes they feel they had to do to survive. You don't have to do this stuff to survive. This is just wrong. I, I don't know. I never glorified the things I brought up in the live. I never even put those things in my music because I'm not proud of it and feel responsibility not to glorify it. Uh, this is a this is obviously a Harvard this woman has a hard Harvard doctorate or something. God, she's dumb. I made the choices I did at the time because I had very limited options. Yes, you had options. You could go on welfare, you can go on food stamps. There are a ton of options. Robbing people does not change the fact that it's wrong. I was blessed to have been able to rise from the from that, but so many women have not. There's the intersectionality thing, the sexist thing, sexism thing, or the feminist thing. She's justifying what she did. Whether or not they were poor, whether or not they were poor choices at the time, I did what I had to do to survive. Again, no. You could have done other things. Get a second job. Strip. Get a second job. This is stupid. And then she sat back and justified it by saying the men were conscious, willing, and aware. The men I spoke about in my live were men, not life, live, were men that I dated that I was involved with men that were conscious, willing, and aware. I have a past that I can't change. We all do. No punctuation in that whole thing. And she concluded, All I can do is be a better me for myself, my family, and my future. Guess what was released today? Apparently, she was doing the same thing with men, but having threesomes with trannies. I don't have the... I'm probably going to have to post it on my website, but now she she actually, and this was recently, 
she was sitting there drugging men, getting them wasted, and then having sex with men who wanted sex with women, would bring a tranny and a transvestite in, transvestite or a, I don't know what it is, what she means by tranny, but she would bring a transvestite in, a tranny in, and would have threesomes with willing men who were not within their right mind and have threesomes with trannies. And she tricked people into doing that. This woman is not a not sorry for what she did. She's sorry she got caught. She needs to make money. And if people are disgusted by this, she's worried about that. She's not worried about the people she victimized. She's not worried about the fact of the the fact that she is committing basically rape, robbery, rape. This is what bothers me. All that stuff is really bad. But you know what really bothers me? Is that this woman is idol is idolized by our kids today. Forget the fact that she can't write. Forget the fact she can't speak. Look at her video. She cannot talk. She is a complete thug. And I think that because because she's Cardi B, because she's a black woman, she meets intersectional, uh, two points of intersectional value, this will be forgotten. It's disgusting. It's really disturbing. I really do. Anyway, let's end this on a good note. Trump was over in Michigan today. He had his uh, speech, and it was an awesome speech. He said some things I wasn't thrilled about, and he said some things that were good. So we're going to end it on that. It was a great speech. It was a good speech. It was a good speech. He really pumped up his base. And hopefully we can continue on and move on. I don't think we can. Um, but, and another good thing is the city of Chicago is sent, uh, Jesse Smollett a bill for $130,000 for all the garbage, for all the investigation they had to do. I think that's going to be next week's big story. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So again, um, you want to contact me, meet me on Twitter at runninfool. R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. If you would like to uh, contact me more directly, go to my website, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can, there you can actually read tonight's episode and you can comment or you can ask questions. I do review both. I will answer them. And uh, I hope you had a good time with tonight's episode. Take care. This is Gene signing off from Dumbasses Talk Politics.